So good morning. Thank you for joining this morning for practice of being aware of awareness. The three bells, one just a moment, midway through, and then the final bell an hour from now. Maybe this morning we start by listening. We notice awareness is present and that it may have been listening to thoughts in the mind. It may not have even realized that listening to thoughts in the mind was happening. If we just scan what was just plain. And oftentimes, I have to go to how the body feels to give me a clue. So I can hear these murmur, murmurings of concern that I wasn't conscious was being listened to. Then up throughout the night, supporting my son through his uh, waves of anxiety as he finishes his final papers for college. So when I listen to this mind, It's not gloom and doom, but it's like, I think it's okay. I think we did okay. I think, yeah, that, that type of thought form. So we give ourselves an opportunity to notice that listening to that, whatever is in the mind right now, that's happening. You, you, you may not be riveted on it either, but we're just checking in to see what's playing. And then is it available, now that we've noticed listening's happening, to kind of let that keep playing, but let it fall back to kind of like, like the refrigerator, you know, or the air conditioner, or a fan. Um, Mine's the clicking of a uh, clicking of a clock, ticking of a clock, <laughs> ticking of a clock. Yes, we can just know that that's there. We can broaden the listening to other sounds, maybe sounds in our ambient environment. I can hear birds. I can hear the faint murmurs of voices of neighbors. I can hear cars in the distance. So what we're doing is we're directing awareness 
to hearing. So see if you can direct awareness to hearing out of your left ear. So we notice that we've always been hearing out of our left ear. But when we consciously direct awareness there, it kind of fills in, it becomes more vivid, more textured, more available. And now switch over and see if you can listen out of your right ear. I happen to notice a big difference, but that's not the point. The point, But it is a kind of interesting to notice if you see a difference. Let's just listen out of our right ear. And you see how we have the same hearing capacity, but by consciously directing awareness to the right ear, kind of shines that flashlight on those sound forms that may be coming from the right side. Or we may not hear anything. And yet there's a sense of more heightened hearing from the right ear. So what we can notice is that while listening is always happening, something directs awareness to certain aspects. Something moves awareness around. And something sees that. Something knows that. So there's the objects of, of sound, right? The, the sound waves. There's what hears them, say the ears. But there's also this layer of directing awareness more specifically, I can choose the right side or the left side or inside the mind or outside in the environment. And you may notice that, that there's not much of any resistance to this because Mind is very good at directing attention to an object. And in fact, our minds can only be directed toward objects, things with objective qualities. And so as a result, that's what mind constantly pings on. Mind cannot actually go in an objectless direction. can only know an object. So if I said right now, you know, bring awareness to the virtue of honesty. And we can think of the word 
we could mind might flash up examples of when there was honesty or dishonesty. That might even be a trigger. If you if it's kind of just occurring to you that you kind of told a white lie last night or something. But it can't really sink its teeth into it like it can a sound. An arising thought. A feeling in the body. A clutching in the chest. A flutteriness in the belly. Those have objective qualities. And so mind is very good at scanning, scanning, and then locking, locking it. Scanning, locking, scanning, locking. Like if there's pain in the body, right? You know, at some point you realize you're just, you're just obsessed with whatever the pain is. You're just, you know, giving it so much attention. Of course, it's going to grow. And so we don't ignore the pain. The way we allow the pain is to take a breath and relax and broaden our focus, diffuse our focus, maybe even put it in an area of the body that doesn't hurt. You know, just moving around the awareness. Awareness, whatever we pay attention to grows. It enlivens. And as we all know, mind has an infinite capacity for objects. Sounds, tastes, touches, smells. There's a fifth sense there, <laughs> lost track. But when mind turns around, metaphorically speaking, towards its source, it dies. Because it's not an object. So we've just moved awareness all around. Now we look right at awareness, that which knows, and asks, ask, what is it made of? Can you sense into that silence? Can you observe mind kind of flailing about to try to make up an answer, find an object, find a metaphor or analogy for what awareness could be made of? What's the stuff of awareness? It's right here. We can investigate it, right? Is awareness present? 
Yes. And so we could notice when we ask, is awareness present? We didn't go to mind for that, did we? Did you have to think about it? Did you head up to your head, kind of deduce it or analyze it or remember it? Was it a memory? No, it's right here. Is awareness present? There's a yes. There's an instant notice. There's an instant yes. There's not a delay. So the question that we can contemplate now is, what knows that? What knows awareness is present right now? And we can notice during, during this hour and during every hour, mind has a mind of its own and it prefers objects because it knows how to know objects. It can taste objects. It can investigate objects. It can experience objects whether the object is a feeling or a thought or a situation or another person or the sun coming in through my eyelids. That's what mind does. But we are not mind. We're watching mind do its thing. I mean, resistance is futile. We can make more thought objects about what the thought objects that mind focuses on and generates are good or bad or you know, whatever, but they're just, there's more objects at some point. At some point, we're just watching mind do its mind thing. Going out, finding an object, locking on it, and then talking about it telling us about it, more specifically telling us what it means about us or what it doesn't mean, what it should mean, what it doesn't, what it could mean. But there's an I in all of that, isn't there? There's a me, what it means for me, about me. I either get it or I didn't get it. They either did it right or they didn't do it right. I'm either doing it right, right now, or I'm utterly failing. Mine just goes on and on. Locking on the next object and the next object. mind can only give attention to objects. It can only be directed towards an object. 
something with objective qualities. Mind cannot go in an objectless direction. It, can, it just has a limited bandwidth. Its gig is to know objects. We are not mind because we're watching it. And when you turn, again, metaphorically, mind around towards its source, say, what knows this? This is seen by what? What is it exactly that hears these words? What is it that knows there's a body-mind sitting there listening? Because something knows that. Check in in your direct experience right now. Something knows there's a body-mind listening to these words. It can sense the body, can it not? And it can watch the machinations of mind. What is that? Are you doing that? Are you doing anything? Or is that a naturally occurring, alive, awake capacity? One word that points to it, it's not it, points to it, of course, is the subject. That, that what? That is capable of knowing objects. One object it knows is body, and another object it knows is mind. And then it watches mind lock and load on other objects. And that's how we tumble into this trance of volition, right? We somehow have a habit of believing that we are generating the movements of mind. Like we'll say, I, I felt sad. I got mad. I was annoyed. So what is that I? Because the I implies a, a doer and volition. 
but isn't it more accurate to say, I watched this crazy ass thought come in the head. And then I watched some, that crazy ass thought come out the mouth. So differentiating between the movements of mind and the fact that we are the one that sees that. Is the doorway to freedom. Shining a spotlight on the trance of volition of the doer. The one that did it wrong or the one that did it right or the one that's about to finally get it right or the one that's never ever gonna get it. Are those movements of mind? Or are they you? Are you what's watching? Or are you the object in motion? Because all of those objects come and go. No matter what narrative is playing right now in the how we're doing department, it's going to be a different narrative this afternoon. It's going to be a different narrative next week. It was a wholly different narrative a year ago. That can't be what we are. There's just nothing more impermanent than a narrative and a story. What's permanent? Is our direct experience that we watch every single story that's ever moved through? Or is our direct experience that we're somehow back there putting all the ingredients in a bowl and mixing it up and then somehow figuring out how to make movements of mind move? When we watch mind, 
lock and load. On our own greatest hits of thoughts. You know, whether it's the I am fairly awesome variety or I suck or anything in between. Are we the thought? We can't be. There's nothing less stable than a thought. That's just not our experience. Our experience is not that we come and go. We flicker in and out. I mean, do you have an experience of flickering in and out? Fluttering up, fluttering down. Let's maybe watch right now. Let's listen. Let's go right back to where we started. Let's notice what we're doing is listening. And let's now direct awareness to listen to mind. Let's wait for the next thought. Did you generate that thought? And did you orchestrate how long it stayed? Did you have anything to do with, with, with when it fell right back out of your conscious awareness? Because, I mean, this whole concept of agency just gets assumed, right? Do you have any agency over those thoughts? Or in this moment, are you the, are you the pair of binoculars? that watches the bird of thought fly in, land on a branch, look around, and then flutter off again. So for me, those thoughts I had in the beginning about my son and how he's doing, and we've both been up all night, and the paper's not quite done, and is he okay? I think he is, you know, whatever, all, all that, all those kind of ruminations and chatterings, they're not here anymore. I can recall them. That's not what's present. But frankly, what's present is the thought that thoughts are so weird. We think we know them. We think we are them. I mean, where do they even come from? Has anyone ever satisfactorily explained to you, a student of your mind, or you would not be here, where thoughts come from? 
how they come. What determines that? Not only do we have no idea, I don't know that anyone else does. We are what knows a thought is present, and we are what knows a thought is not present. The thoughts are dancing to their own little music. Can we see that in our own direct experience? So let's just wait for the next thought. It's a field experiment. This is all just about our own direct experience. Let's wait for that next thought. It's like cockroaches though. You turn on the light and they just scatter. Nothing makes this mind quieter than doing this experiment. This is often what I do in the middle of the night when sleep's not coming. I go, fine. Instead of trying to turn away and turn them off, I go, great. Tell me about it. What's the next thought? What's the very next one? I tell you, there is silence. But let's just wait. And the thought might be, I don't think I have any thoughts. The thought might be, this doesn't work for me. Or the thought might be the grocery list or what we're going to do in an hour or what we didn't get done yesterday. Can we see in our own direct experience how utterly random appearance of thoughts are. It's like spin the wheel and something burps up a thought. Can we see that thoughts are the object. We are what sees them. We are the subject. 
that there is no thought that can come into the mind right now that could possibly be you. You are what hears the thought. And we're just invited to check that out for ourselves. I couldn't possibly be that thought. It doesn't even stick around long enough. But for me to even have the illusion right now. And yet, when it plays in the background and awareness does not land on it, it can invent an entire narrative with us as the main character. And all of it gets believed so innocently, so unconsciously. But we get inklings in our bodies Something just doesn't feel right. Rest assured, the filter of the mind just kicked back in. So right now, what hears these words? Can we turn attention around metaphorically? Turn right towards the source, willing to know the source. What hears these sounds right now? Is that present? Is that a male or a female? Is that large or small? Wide or narrow? Does that which hears these words have desires, preferences, or judgments? Does that which hears these words have a counter-narrative about what would be better that was being said? With what do I know my own experience? And by my experience, I mean the objects that arise in my conscious awareness. 
and we can feel into this and see we're not going to mind to think about what knows this. That's utterly unnecessary. There's just something that knows, that it knows, that knowing's happening. And that knowingness, we can use the word knowingness, but that's not an object. So mind can't find it. Which is why this practice of being aware of awareness is not a looking for awareness, but a falling back and a relaxation. where it's noticed that all these objects are populating are known by awareness, arise in awareness, and are seen to fall away by awareness. And as we shift from a thought-based, object-based operating system to an awareness-based operating system, it becomes much easier to see that objects come and go all the time. Thoughts arise and thoughts fall. It can't possibly be me. I'm just watching. So the more we fall back and relax and notice this naturally present subject of that which knows, that which allows us to know our experience, the more attention is put on that, more spaciousness is known. Not as a concept, but as, as a felt sense of there's plenty of room for those crazy thoughts. Let the wheel spin. Have you noticed you can't stop it? Awareness if we can look right now, we might be able to get a glimpse. What does awareness want to stop it? Does that which sees have any preference for what is seen?
where are we identifying ourselves? As the object or as the subject? As that which knows the experience, that, that which watches. So Buddha said, seeing the cause of suffering is the end of suffering. And all suffering is caused by identifying with the thought-based, object-based operating system and forgetting that what we actually are is this awareness-based operating system that just is, that is effortless, that is complete, that is like endlessly patient, kind of naturally curious and unfailingly open. And what we give attention to grows almost immediately, <laughs> you may notice. So if suffering's present, you bet your bottom dollar, attention is growing the thought-based operating system that can only know objects. And if they can only know objects and all objects come and go, all it can know is the instability and the fear and the grasping and the desires and the endless attachment to outcomes, none of which are we in control of ever. And mind doesn't limit itself to actual things, right? Thoughts about things that are actually here. Mind loves imagination. And it's often stuck in a cycle of fear. So it continually gives everything, the meaning of a future fear, a future disaster, future oh no, 
and it locks and loads on that object. And our attention unknowingly or knowingly, whether it's knowing or not, our attention makes it grow. Mind can only give attention to objects. Objects are innately unstable. Everything in form will perish. So that thought-based system can actually only really know some degree of suffering. Because something's always coming and going. And mind can always generate a preference about something that should, should have stayed or something that should have left long ago. Our opportunity is to turn right around and ask what sees that. With what do I know my experience? How are these objects even seen? And at any moment, relaxing, slowing it all down, becoming very present, we can watch the shift from the thought-based acquisition operating system to an awareness-based operating system, which is naturally here. We don't cause it. We don't, we can't improve it. And we also, we can't turn it off. Just push the pause right now on the awareness. Just pause it for a second if there's some conception of a you separate from awareness. Just hit the kill switch for a second. If awareness is just something you do or something you have, then just turn it down a little bit. Pause it. There is no you that can exercise dominion or control over awareness. You are awareness. And you are naturally aware of that awareness. Being aware of awareness is not a skill we cultivate. but it is a capacity that we can recognize. Mind cannot recognize awareness because awareness is not an object.
How do we know that we're aware right now? How do we know awareness is present? How do you know awareness is present right now? Because awareness just confirmed that it is. This concept of the you is completely immaterial to that confirmation. Awareness is self-aware. Only awareness can recognize awareness. So anytime awareness is being recognized and confirmed, it's being confirmed from the operating system of awareness, which means that natural state is not being obscured by the operating system of thought. And the divine game of hide and seek continues. But every time we get in touch with, watch, run with the prompt that says, let me just take a second. Is awareness present? We're shifting out of mind, down to heart. out of the thought-based system to the point where we're looking at the thought-based system. And anytime we're looking at the thought-based system, the only place we could be looking from is awareness. Whether we are caught up in the trance of illusion, trance of volition, even when we're firmly lost in the thought-based operating system, I haven't left awareness. It's just being obscured. Because something notices that. Something's there prior to the thought-based system. So it's always one shift away, one relaxation, one series of deep breaths, 
intention to fall back and release. Release what? All the objects, all the objects that mind loves locking on and exploring and experiencing and probing and wondering about, thinking about, reflecting on. The mind cannot go in an objectless direction. Only we, awareness, can do that. We do it by metaphorically turning around and asking what we know this experience. There's a quote I've been contemplating for some time now. I love by Paul Brunton. The source of wisdom and power, love and beauty. The source of wisdom and power, love and beauty is within ourselves, but not within our egos not within our thought-based operating system. It is within our consciousness. Indeed, its presence provides us with a conscious contrast, which enables us to speak of the ego as if it were something different and apart. It is the true self whereas the ego is only an illusion of mind. So what is always present and what comes and goes faster than you can say like any split? That conscious contrast is available. And that's the portal back to the true nature that's always there, the awareness that's watching everything, the beacon home, the wide open heart.
the source of wisdom and power, of love and beauty, is within ourselves, but not within our egos. It is within our consciousness. Indeed, its presence provides us with a conscious contrast, which enables us to speak of the ego as if it were something different and apart. It is the true self, whereas the ego is only an illusion of mind. 